Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have our very first returning guest, Mr. Joe Monk, who has some hilarious old work stories from when he was in college working at BP. And I also share one of our infamous stories from one of our road trips. So hope you enjoy this edition of Tell Us a Good Story. The story of my life, I take her home, I drive all night to keep her warm in time. It's frozen. All right, Steph, are you ready to laugh? It's time. I know you've had a rough day. You have not been feeling great. No. And I'm in a mood to laugh. We need this. And this next guest, I guarantee, is going to make us laugh. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. And what's our exciting news stuff? (gasps) Oh, oh, I have it. You met her where? I did that right, didn't I? Yes. Yes. It's out, guys. It's here. It's here. It's here. Where's that? It's on Amazon.com. It's on KevinAndSteph.com. And it'll be on more retailers here very shortly. I'm so excited. Need a book? Dude, it's You need right. a book. Y'all you need are this quarantined. Book. You have nothing to do but hear your screaming kids. Get our book. It's amazing. You're going to laugh. It's exactly what you need during this time. It'll give yes. you hope and laughter. Just That's like this podcast, exactly, exactly what you need at this time. Exactly. All right. Our next guest is a man with many stories. He's the head girls track coach at Lancaster High School. He's a Liberty Union middle school math teacher who's in charge of training up our next generation of leaders. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> and he's also a man with the claim to fame of being the very first guest on this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us Good Story, Mr. Joe Fu Man Chu Man Muck. Man Chu Man. Welcome back. Hi, guys. Hello, thanks, sir. Thanks for having me back. And uh, I got to say that uh, I've greatly enjoyed uh, listening to the podcast. It's been fantastic. Gotten Are you really reading good... right now? What's that? It sounds like he's reading a script right now, doesn't he? <laughs> no, uh, no. Seriously, I've gotten I've gotten good f- feedback from you know a lot of friends and everything that have have subscribed, and uh, so it's 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 just cool. It seems like it's going great, so I'm I'm very happy for you guys. Oh, thank, thank you, thank you, Joe. Hey, and I need to thank you because without you turning this man down, <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> Apparently, being fourth choice. No, you would be here. You'd just be in the other room. <laughs> right. Actually, might be in bed. I so maybe I shouldn't thank you. So, Joe, my question though is, do you have anybody that has reached out to you who listened to episode three when you told the Fu Man Chu Man story and said something to you uh, that you were surprised by? That someone actually uh, listened to it. I, I don't know if surprised by I I you know shared the uh, link to the podcast on Facebook and uh, okay. one thing that I thought was pretty cool is the the biggest response was actually from my former students that I'm <laughs> that I'm friends with like I won't I I'm only friends with uh, students once they graduate high school right but for me I've, I mean I've done this a long time so I have a lot of kids that are that age and. So they, I got a lot of comments back. Like, this is the thing I miss about your class. Like you tell oh. me, you tell these stories and, and making us laugh and things like that. So it was really, it was really cool. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. So you, my man have a lot of stories, a lot of stories. So too, what too I many, do, <laughs> too many stories. So what I want to do, I want to just tee you up. Okay, and let you go on some of these stories. So, of course, a lot of times when we've been out to dinner or I've introduced you to somebody that, uh, that you haven't met, I'll just throw out, hey, Joe, tell them this story. Or, hey, tell them this story. And literally, I'm just teeing you up. And that's really what I want to do here is I want to tee you up on some of these stories that I haven't, I haven't heard in a while, but are some of my favorite stories ever, right? And a lot of them have to deal with Joe working at BP when he was in high school and college. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong. At that time, your dad was like a station manager at a BP gas station in one of the worst, roughest neighborhoods in the city of Columbus, right? Like a rough neighborhood. And so Joe, as part of like getting through college, if you worked, I think it was full time, right? If you you had to work full time, they would pay up to how much of your college tuition back then? Believe it or not, it was 90%. 90%. Oh my gosh. Right. So if Joe went to Harvard and worked full time at BP, they right. would pay it 90%. Seriously? 
Yes. Yeah. Like I, I worked with guys that were like going to Capitol because Capitol was very close to the station that I worked at. And of course, Capitol's fairly expensive. They were, they were getting 90% of their capital tuition paid by BP. <laughs> right. That's for working full time. So Joe worked full time at BP. Sometimes he worked, you know, the night shift. A lot of times he, which <laughs> probably was not a good situation because it's literally one of those, one of those station stuff where they would have bulletproof glass in front of you and you're like, giving them the money and everything like through the tray and, and all of that middle mm-hmm. of the night. So Joe has a lot of stories from his experience working at BP. And so the ones I want you to start off with Joe is, <laughs> can you explain the stuff of the BP gas station car wash that you made, you turn into a game and <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was one of those car washes where it's, it's the drive through where you got to scrub them down right. with the brush and then push a button, they go through, tell stuff the story uh, about the gas station car wash. So the customer, you would pull them up, you'd give them the stop sign, <laughs> they'd roll down their window, you'd make a transaction or they would have their you know coupon from inside or whatever. Then you had like a little control panel, you would press the buttons to kind of key in whatever car wash they had purchased. And then after that, you were like right back to grabbing your car wash brush out of this huge 50 gallon bucket that was just full of soapy water and you, you had to go as fast as you possibly could. So you just grab that. And I had a nice little pattern. I was very, very fast as Kevin knows I'm competitive about stupid things like this. (laughs) So I would try to be the fastest guy to scrub down a car in the history of BP car washes. Right. So (laughs) get him through. Yes, 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 yes. So I had this, I had this pattern down pat. Um, I knew exactly what I would do. And so once I pushed all the buttons in, I would get a nice, you know, deep brush full of water and you throw it over the front windshield, scrub it down, bring that down to the front of the car, then start working your way down the side panel uh, and then around to the back. So I had, I had gotten this down to a science. I was, I was very, very good at it. You know, my boss would compliment me on how quickly I could <laughs> get the car. <laughs> no, seriously, like he, he would, yeah, he told me like, he's, you're the, you're the fastest, you're the fastest car washer I've ever seen. <laughs> and so, um, I, I had, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you this one story. So, so this one day, this guy pulls in and he's a really big dude. Like he's a big dude. He had a, like a Columbus fire department shirt on and he has his daughter in the passenger seat. She looks to be maybe about like four or five years old, real cute little girl sitting beside him. Which he is pulls, legal. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls up and um, you know, we make, we make the transaction. I go away and he rolls up the window and then I punch, uh, you know, his car wash into the control panel. I go and grab my brush and I go to throw this, water onto the windshield. Well, this guy in the meantime has rolled his window back down to ask me a question (laughs) and I have not noticed this. And so I'm like, I turn and I'm like in mid (laughs) fling of the suds and I, and I see it, but it's too late. I can't stop my action. I'm going as fast as possible. Right. And I just douse this guy and his daughter with, you know, five gallons of soapy water all over the inside of his car. And so I'm like terrified at one point in time, but as Kevin knows from hearing this story in the past, so I had heard about this happening all through my years of of working at the gas station. Guys had, you know, told these stories, how they'd soak customers. I'm like, you'd have to be an idiot to do that. Like not paying any attention. Like there's no way that, that you could have that happen. And so this was my first time ever having this happen. And so unfortunately, because of all these stories in the past and everything else, my first reaction is I start laughing. And this, yes. Like, and I thought this, you can't believe it happened. You cannot believe this actually happened to you. So you started laughing. Yes. I wasn't laughing because of what I did. I'm I'm laughing because I know of what's going to happen when I tell all the dudes that I work with. Right. Right. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. It was just like natural reaction. And this guy 
looked like he was getting ready to get out of the car and just beat me to a pulp. And so I pretty quickly like get myself composed. We had like a little office area that was right next to the car wash. So I run in there. We had a bunch of paper towels. I grab like a hundred <laughs> paper towels and I bring them out to this guy like here, you know, so, I'm so sorry. Like dry yourself off. Da, 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 da. And he, luckily for me, he stayed calm. I didn't lose my life that day, but it was, uh, it was pretty scary there for a minute. Did he get a free car wash? I did. I did give him that car wash good. for free. Yes, of course. That was good. good work. Yeah. Good work. <laughs> so, how many times did that happen, Joe? While you when you worked at BP? Uh, it didn't happen. I, I think I only had. I believe I only had one other time that happened to me personally. Uh, right. That happened several times with with all the guys that that worked there. The other time that happened to me, it was like a car full of like I don't know, probably college age, maybe post college age women. Uh, and they were all dressed pretty nicely. I don't know if it was like Sunday after church or something, maybe. And same exact thing happened. I go to do my routine. They roll down the window to ask me about something. And they're all sitting there, these like nice Easter dresses or whatever. And I just completely soak them. And, uh, and uh, that, that one was actually pretty good because the, like the girls in the back, there were two girls sitting in the back as well. They were, they didn't really get wet at all, so they were like dying laughing, <laughs> which, which which didn't help because I'm trying not to laugh. Um, but uh, they also got a free car wash. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing with the car wash that I remember, Joe, if you could tell Steph the story of the cop car that comes through, um, because a lot of a lot of the police cars would come through, and you had to hit some special button because of the the light rack that was on top of the cop cars. This was back in the nineties. And at that time, the, na- the neighborhood was really, really dangerous. And so <laughs> you would get a lot of police officers, officers in there because of that, I guess is what I'm saying. They, they were in the area pretty frequently. So this is when I was working in the summers with my dad. I believe I was only, I was probably like 15 years old. I want to know, do you get hazard pay? Like working in like bad, like, like hey, pay. yeah, like hey, low, worse area. Well, he's, he's We're getting, up you. He's got ninety percent of his college taken care. I know, care. but still, like no, seriously though, would you get like a little? Like, I was, hey, this is a rough no, area. No, 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 no. I was making a little less than five dollars an hour, <laughs> and we got com- commission to sell commission. like this, like Supreme car washes. You got like ten cents a car wash. <laughs> If you could sell, if you could sell, back in those days, it was like six bucks to get a Supreme car wash. So if you sold a Supreme, you got like 10 cents per Supreme car wash. Oh my. That's big money. Crazy. So that's a hard no. Yeah. Yes. Apparently. So, so my dad would get me up at like four o'clock in the morning. We had to be there at five in the morning. Um, oh man. And this was just in the summers. Like I said, I was, I was too young to really be like a full-time employee, obviously. And this, the police officer comes in, I'm scrubbing his car down. And we go to make the transaction and he says, Hey, listen, I was in here, you know, a few months ago and the guy forgot to hit that blower retract button and it like knocked the light bar off the top of my car. He's like, make sure that you retract that blower. I'm like, don't worry about it. I got it. No problem. So I key in his car wash. Like I said, that button's on the side purposefully because like it's an, it's an important button. So I hit that button. And when you hit any of those buttons, they had these little red lights above them that would light up. So you knew exactly what you had keyed in to the control panel. So I hit the blower retract button and I purposefully look for the light because of what he had said. And I see that it lights up and there was probably like five or six cars in line. So he goes in, I start scrubbing down the next car. I get them going in. I'm scrubbing down another car after that. Well, then I hear him throw lights and sirens on and I'm like, holy cow. Like he must've like come out of the car wash, got a call, like had to fly out of there to bust up some crime or something. I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> of course it's really loud. Cause it's still on our lot. <laughs> and about two seconds later, I see him pull back around to where I'm standing. I cannot even describe this to you. <laughs> he, I'm 15 years old. Here I see this police officer's car. 
the light bar is like ha- halfway <laughs> hanging off of the car. With he gets out of his. Oh my lord! He yeah, but it it won't stop running. Like he can't shut it down because it's malfunctioning. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> so the lights are going, and he gets out of that car like he's going to kill me. I was so scared to death. I was so scared to death, and. He starts like, I mean, he's like, literally, he's yelling at me. He's like screaming at me. I told you to hit that button. Like so fired up. My dad's office was right behind the car wash. So he heard all the commotion, came out of his office. Like, what's going on? I explained him what happened. He apologized to the guy. We'll pay for it, the whole bit. And, you know, I'm here I am like, Kevin, you know, my dad, Uh, obviously when this police officer left, he's about ready to murder me. And, uh, so, and I'm swearing up and down to him. Like, I know I hit that button. I, hit the button. I know I hit that button. And of course he doesn't want to believe me. So find out the next day, another guy that was running the car wash, it wasn't a police officer, but like somebody else came in with like a, a big conversion van or whatever. And the same kind of thing happened and it knocked something off the top of their car. And so like the hydraulics like had broken on the, the line that led into the blower. So even if you hit the button, it, w- it was broken. It wasn't, the blower was working, but to retract it was not, was not working anymore. And so, yeah, I thought, I didn't know if I was going to get arrested that day, shot by a police officer or something, but maybe beaten with his billy club. Um, so, but he was guy, ticked. Cause literally comes out of the car wash. You're like, Oh man, he's like going after somebody real quick and just <laughs> hanging off, hanging by a string that light. Wrap. Yes. And then, of course, it's so loud, won't shut off. He gets out screaming at Joe, trying to have a conversation with the commotion. You've got oh, a line awful. of a line of car wash now. This guy's screaming at you. Joe's 15. <laughs> oh, my God. Like chaos, yeah. mass chaos. So thankfully, Joe is still here today because that thing was broken. If it wasn't broken, Joe may not have, would not be here with us right now. <laughs> yeah, because right. Because yeah, his father may have murdered mistake, him. Right. So speaking of your dad. Almost murdering you. <laughs> Can you please tell Steph the story oh. of losing your dad's station keys? So this is like, like I said, I'm te- I'm literally I'm just teeing you up, my man. No, I've got this a list is great. Here. This is great. So I, I've had I, when I was thinking about all of this the last couple of days when when you got a hold of me, Kevin, and the one thing I kept thinking was like. I have way too many of these stories and they, and they all have a theme, which is me like really screwing something up, like royally messing up something. And like, it's completely embarrassing for me, but whatever, well, at least it's, last, at least it's entertaining. That last, one, that last one wasn't your fault though. No, what, no that wasn't my fault. The, but the one you have referenced is like the, that begin- one is your fault. Yes. yes. And it's the beginning of like, a long line of these stories <laughs> happening at like every job I've ever worked at basically. But um, so like I said, when I would work with my dad, it was just in the summers. We had to get up super early for him. It was no big deal. He had done it for years and years and years. Uh, but for obviously for like a high school kid getting up that early is just like horrible, right. right? It's punishment and you're going and then driving to Columbus and I'm working in this, place that is rough it smells bad like it it was like it was terrible i had several jobs in the morning that i had to do as a routine so we'd get there my dad would start working in his office and then i would take i would empty all the garbage cans into this dumpster which i cannot tell you how awful that was in a place like this because the smells were like I can I can still smell them. They were atrocious. Oh. oh, so bad. There were a few things I had to stock. My most important job was what we called sticking the tanks. So back in those days, before everything was like computerized, to know how much gasoline you had and like when to order more from the tankers and everything, they had this huge stick. It was probably like sixteen feet long. I'm guessing. Oh, jeez. And they kept it in a side hallway, like a storage hallway. And so I would grab that. And since it was in this like storage facility, I would like, my dad like would give me his keys. I'd unlock it. I'd go in there, uh, grab this big stick. And then they had these four different plates on the ground on one side of the uh, parking lot. And so 
two of them were for like regular gasoline and one was for Supreme and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so you would take this plate off the top of that. And then it had this canister that had like a little sealed lock on it. So you'd flip this little uh, lid off of there and then you take the stick, you'd lower it down into this cylinder and the cylinder was connected to these huge tanks that are in the ground. These tanks are like 10,000 gallons of fuel, right? So they flow into this tank with like a meter. And then when you would pull the stick out, it was numbered. And so then you would record uh, like how high the gasoline measured on the stick. And that's how they knew like how much gasoline they had and like when to reorder it. So this is just like almost like checking your oil, right? It's one of those dipsticks you're shoving in the ground, pulling it out to see what level it's at. Yeah, right? it is, yeah I guess it is very similar to that. It's, it's, um, it's, it was weird to think, like thinking back now, like that, that was actually the way this was done. And so you'd, you know, take each of these plates off and I'd take like a little paper and pencil out there that I kept in my pocket, write down like, you know, tank one, this number, tank two, this number, whatever, give that to my dad. And then you track that every day. And that's how they know like when to reorder the gasoline. One beautiful summer morning, I wander out to the tanks and I, they were different colors. There was like a white lid and a red lid, those plates. Um, I remember I took this white plate off first, open up the cylinder and I go to lower the stick down and these tanks are, the cylinders are, you know, very, very long. So when you lower the stick all the way down, it only sticks out of the top of the cylinder, maybe about like four or five inches. Oh, wow. So you have to kind of lean over to really like get it all the way down in there to get an accurate measurement. So I, I go to do that and I hear this noise and I quickly realize that the gas station keys that I had for my dad I had put into like my little breast pocket on my <laughs> button down dress shirt. And when I went to lean over and put the stick in the tank, the keys fell out. And luckily for me, they fell right into the cylinder. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, what just happened? This is, are you kidding me? Like this is my dad's keys to his office, to the store, to the safe, to everything, everything. Um, I mean, there's like, you've seen like maintenance men, they have these huge keychains with like, that's what it looked like. There's like 20 keys on this keychain, and I'm just like freaking out. So I take this, so I take the stick and I'm trying to like dig it around it. <laughs> In a 10,000 gallon tank. I'm, fish this out. I'm hoping like I can some, by some miracle, like pin the keys up against the cylinder and like drag them all the way up, you know, 80 feet from the ground <laughs> to the top. And of course that's, that's not happening, but I, I don't know how the system works. I don't know how the gas gets in and out of there to the, cause the cylinder part is it's separate from the tank. It's not like part of the tank, but obviously it, it flows in and out of there. So <laughs> I'd never thought about that in my life. So I go, and I knock on my dad's office door and he opens it up and I'm, I'm standing there holding the stick. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, Hey, I have a question for you. I'm like, just hypothetical, just purely <laughs> hypothetical here. I said, how does all that gasoline from the tanks get into the cylinder? Is it like small hole or <laughs> does it just like flow back and forth? And he's like, well, I don't know for sure, but obviously it flows it flows in and out of there somehow. And I'm like, what if somebody drops something in there? <laughs> Is there any way you could get that back out? He's looking at me like I have a hole in my head. He's like, no, there's no way you could get that back out. <laughs> so I don't know how to tell him this. Like I'm scared to death to tell him like my heart's beating a million miles an hour. So then finally, I mean, I know I have to. So then I'm like, dad, uh, I, when I when I leaned over to put the stick <laughs> down in the tank, the keys fell to my chest pocket, down, and they went right into this. Listen, the top of the cylinder—I'm not joking—it's like three inches across. It's not—it's not big at all. Like it was an unbelievable coincidence. It's <laughs> a million-dollar shot right there. Oh, dude, he was—he so, was so mad, Kevin. He was so ticked off. So he's like, 
I've got to, I've got to call my supervisor. I have to get like, have them bring in copies of the station keys, the safe key. Like he couldn't make the deposit at the bank that day. Just on and on and on and on. I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) I'm so dead. I'm such an idiot. So I felt, and then the worst thing was like, I was so embarrassed because of course all the other employees, you know, I'm this young kid, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like do my thing and like make sure I'm a good employee and all this stuff. My dad's the boss. And now all these employees have heard about this, you know, for the next few days. And of course they're just killing me every time I come to work for like a month. Joe, uh, have you seen the station keys? You know, <laughs> did you stick to tanks this morning? Just stupid stuff like that. They just every day they crushed me. Oh, that'd be horrible. Because yeah, those keys. He'd had those keys for years, for years. And oh, said they yeah, even, they could. He he couldn't. They couldn't duplicate some of them. No, no. Oh no. Yeah, some out. of those. Yeah, some some of those were just like lost forever. Luckily, the most important ones they would you know like the big boss man would keep copies at like the the main office you know in columbus but it was it was awful i mean we can all relate to this right like we've all had those instances where you do something and you're like i don't want to tell my parents i don't i'm gonna (laughs) have to yeah i have to but i don't want to this is joe's very first job in life and he's working for his dad who's the boss of of this I mean, I'm I'm cringing of this thinking of you walking to that door to t- I, like, I got some bad news. I gotta okay. I just you're like pumping yourself up like I can do this. I can do oh, this. And then there was no pumping up stuff. There was no yeah. pumping up. <laughs> you just oh, <laughs> a walk of shame right away. Yes, yes. It was all. It was nothing but fear. So, Joe, my work stories are not nearly as good as yours. I'll I'll They're give not. you a break here uh, because there's two more stories I want you to share. Before we end this call, okay. But I will. I'll tell. I'll tell a quick story. So one of the best stories that I have, which is is nowhere near Joe's, Probably right? Not. I was working at Al Brands, and this would have been, gosh, fifteen years ago. And we had moved to a shared services model. Okay, so they moved all of the brands for Al Brands. So it had been Bath and Body Works, Victoria's Secret, Express, The Limited. White Barn Candle, all of them. And they moved all the accounting departments into one building. Okay. So that was a shared services model. So we were over at the, I think it was Victoria's Secret building or something. Okay. So in that model, you have a humongous room, right? And it's just cube after cube after cube after cube. And the cube walls are about right here, right to your chin. Uh Okay. So you can see the person on the other side of your cube wall, which was, I did not like that at all. Okay, so it took some it took some getting getting used to. Well, a woman who I'd worked with at Express, Karen, uh-huh. who was so much fun to work with, uh-huh. great personality, and I would joke with her constantly. And uh, so I decided to send her an email. Someone had pranked me with one of those emails, Joe, that had a video, and the video was like of this like car going down the mountain, like very peaceful, I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden what happens is this like walking dead person, like jumps out <laughs> you on the screen and has this bloody murder yes. scream, right? Like, ah! like right in front of you. Okay. And you, you know, I jump back. Well, somebody had sent this to my home address, right? So when I was at home, I saw this and I like jumped back <laughs> big time. I had like the speaker monitors were on and stuff. And so this blood curling screen comes out as I'm watching this like little car video. So the next day I'm like, you know what would be funny? Why don't I toss that over the wall to Miss Karen? So Miss Karen. <laughs> so you know where I'm going with this. I do. So Miss Karen worked on the other side of the building. <laughs> so I couldn't see her, but I knew what was going to happen. So I forwarded this email to Karen and said, Hey, do you like this car? T- tell me if you like this car or not. And so Karen, apparently what she told me was she'd had her earphones in and she was working, had earbuds in, listened to some music. And so she saw my email and she clicks on it. So she starts watching this video. Okay. And all of a sudden this walking dead thing, like, shoots out like right on her and does a scream. Well, Karen then lets out this blood curling scream. He was like, like dead quiet at Al Brands. And all of a sudden he was, 
<laughs> and she has her earphones on. She said she like rips her earphones out. And then everyone's looking at her like, are, are you okay? Are you okay? People are coming out like, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I'm, I'm fine. She can't tell them, hey, some idiot down in the other room just pulled a prank on me. And uh, so she immediately, you know, turned off her computer, walked down to where I was at. And she's like, that is not funny. You do not know the embarrassment I just went through two minutes ago. I literally screamed in front of, you know, a hundred people working around me. Oh my gosh. Totally, totally pulling on her. And uh, it was good because, yeah, she had her earbuds in and all of a sudden everyone's just working. And then she just lets out this (laughs) blood curling scream in front of everybody. So that's as good as it gets for me. Quite honestly, That wasn't too bad. So, Joseph Muck, back to you, my man. So, I want you to tell a story of there was a guy that you used to work with who, I don't know if he was the laziest dude that you've ever met, but he would come into BP and work like the night shift and tell Steph what he used to do just because he did not... Either he was lazy, didn't want to deal with people, he was annoyed, but tell Steph what he would do at that gas station that's one of the busiest stations in the state of Ohio. So he was 40 years old. He had, I think he had worked there his whole life. There were a lot of rumors about like why this guy was like a gas station employee for so long. Like some people thought he was like independently wealthy, like he had inherited a bunch (laughs) of money and like literally he just worked there for fun. And I, and I honestly... I, I kind of believe that based on like how this guy acted all the time and stuff. He was, he was a goofy dude, but you know, we all had to share different shifts and things like that. And so I remember one time I came in um, for an early shift and Phil had uh, worked the night shift. And when I got there, all the lights in the station were off. So you had a, a breaker where you could turn off the lights to like the, the big sign, you know, by the road and the light under the canopy where, the, um, where the pumps are and all that kind of stuff. And like all the lights are off, all the lights are off. I'm like, Holy cow, we have like a power outage. And so I, you know, I walk up, I go into uh, the station, um, Phil's working. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He has, there's, I can see a piece of paper like taped up by the service window where you would greet a customer, um, that said that there was a power outage and, uh, I'm like, man, our, I said, what happened? Like the power's out, like nothing else, everything else around is lit up, right? I mean, it's Columbus. So there's lights everywhere. So everywhere, all the street lights are still on and everything. And so it it was kind of strange, but you know, who knows? So I, you know, I asked him like, Hey, what's, what's happening? And he's like, no, I just got tired of dealing with the customers. So I just turned (laughs) all the lights off. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, every once in a while I'll do that. Like just give myself a break. (laughs) I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, nah. And so he would literally shut down the station for like an hour or two sometimes just because. And I sit there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I can't imagine what this is like costing the company. Cause like I said, it was a bit, I mean, night shift, not crazy busy, but still busy. And uh, yeah, it was just like, he didn't, he didn't care. Like if he lost his job or whatever, it didn't matter to this guy so he was more than willing to fake a, a power outage to, to like take a nap or something basically because joe said he would like people be knocking on the window like nope sorry sign look at the sign yeah, yeah, yeah. we're closed <laughs> we're out we're in our power like go down the street next station like just oh. because he didn't want to he didn't want to be bothered for two hours or whatever yes or he, was, a nap. he was something else that guy so last story and joe I want to preface this with saying that my wife has not been happy as, as you probably heard on the one episode, my wife feels like she is the fourth choice, fourth yeah. choice to be co-host of this podcast. I, I which, agree with, I agree with I Stephanie's math on this. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take a CPA. MBA and to I'm saying out. you're the second, <laughs> you were the second person I pitched this to. Okay. And I was just thinking oh, out loud. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Second person you pitched it for, fourth choice. No. Yes, Joe. Mm. Yes. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to get between the married couple. So <laughs> the idea, one of the ideas I had with this podcast was to have a conversation with me, Joe, my buddy Adam, my buddy Todd. Yep. Okay. Because we go on an annual road trip and the entire weekend, 
we're just laughing, okay? And we're telling stories, and I'm throwing out, hey, Joe, tell this story. Joe, tell this story. Hey, Adam, what about this? And I wanted to give people a little glimpse of some of those conversations we had. Because, again, I come back, and I've been laughing the entire weekend, okay? So I asked Joe, Joe, can we tell one of the stories from the Iowa trip from a few years back? And Joe kindly said, yes, go ahead. And, And Joe, again, chime in at any point of the story. So... You probably haven't heard this story in a while, have you, Stuff. I haven't, but it's one of my favorites. Is it really? Oh, I love this story. So this would have been, I think, three years ago, uh, I believe. Uh, we took a trip. High State was playing at Iowa, in Iowa City. And we flew into, I think, Chicago, then drove two, yes. two and a half hours, whatever, to Iowa City, because Iowa City has such a small airport. And it's going to be incredibly expensive just to fly in there. So go to Iowa City. And High State was favored by, I believe it was like 24 points, okay? And ended up losing by like 30 points, something ridiculous. And it was like from the first opening possession, it was terrible, right? I think JT Barrett threw maybe a pick six or something yes. to start the game. And immediately we're down 7 nothing, And then he throws another pick later on. And we are just like disgusted. And this was going to be an epic road trip because we had second row seats behind High State's sideline. We were on probably the 15-yard line, I would say, 10-yard line in the end zone, and we just had amazing seats, right? Like Brutus, Buckeyes, high-fiving us before the game. They're on the sideline. We're taking pictures. Just incredible atmosphere there. Incredible atmosphere. Well, we get through the first quarter, and we're down by two, at least two touchdowns, maybe three, right? JT Barrett's already thrown two picks, I believe, in this first quarter. My memory serves me right. And we are just disgusted, okay? And it was a group of actually five of us on on this particular mm-hmm. trip. Well, Todd, my buddy, is sitting to my right. And then to my left is uh, my buddy, John. And on the other side of John is going to be Joe and, and Adam. Well, Dr. Soffer. Dr. Soffer, Dr. yes. Dr. John Soffer. Dr. Yeah. John Soffer, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, he's a big deal. So, Todd just randomly, just to lighten things up, throws out, it's almost like we're uh, you know, at a restaurant or having dinner. Hey, Kevin, how much how much would it take for you right now to run across this field? Because you guys are over the game. Because we're like You're just dead. disgusted. So Todd yeah. just throws this out to me. Hey, what, what would it take? I'm like, oh, that's a good question, Todd. To run across this field, he's like, you don't have to take your clothes off. You're not like streaking, but you're going to run the field and you know maybe grab the football or run across the field to the sideline. How much would it take right now? And I'm like, oh, okay. So Todd and I are kind of going through things. I'm like, Todd, I'm probably going to lose my job. Okay, um, I'm going to have some probably legal fees. I got to deal. I'm going to go to jail. I could end up losing my job. My wife's going to see me on TV whether I'm like stealing the football or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. I'm going to say at least a hundred grand. He's like, really? You do it for a hundred grand? Like minimum bare bones, a hundred grand because I'm, I mean, yeah, bare bones, a hundred grand because who knows what that could lead to. Right. He's like, okay. So he, I don't know if he gave me the number, but his number was way higher than mine. What is it going to take? Well, as we're having this conversation and we're, we're just playing through all the scenarios. Joe happens to be walking by, us as he needs to go to the restroom. Todd, just nonchalantly, hey, Joe, <laughs> how much would it take if you run across the field right now? And you're like, mm, $500. Hey, listen, let me, let me. Let me, explain, let me explain something here. I'm, I'm on this trip with like a financial person, the head of technology, the partner in the law firm, and the and the surgeon from the Mayo Clinic, and then the and then the middle school math teacher. Okay, so, so Joe that weekend, yes, that's true. Joe that weekend had been joking around like one of these things are not like the other, right? Joe right. was joking around, right? Because yes, I'm in corporate finance. Todd is the CIO of a company here in Columbus. To my left was Dr. John Stoffer. On the other side of him was Joe, who's a middle school math teacher. And then we have a partner of an attorney here in Columbus as well, of a law firm. Par- a partner of a law firm, right? Yeah. Here in Columbus. So Joe that weekend was joking around. One of these things is not like the other. So Todd's giving me a number that's like <laughs> half a million dollars. All right. 
I give Todd a number that's a hundred thousand minimum, but when push comes to shove, it's probably going to be north More. of that. Yeah. And then Joe's walking through, and we ask him, and he gives us the answer: five hundred dollars. Okay. Well, Todd and I immediately like, wait a second, and you know he just he just keeps walking, and Todd like grabs my hand, like he's now like he's flipped the switch, like game no longer matters to Todd anymore. Now there's a game within the game of what do we have to do to get Joe to run across this field? Oh, like we can man. make this happen. And he's like, oh, we can totally make this happen right now. So so Joe goes to the bathroom and I look down to my left. I'm like, okay, guys, here's the deal. If, do you guys want to make this trip epic right now? And they're like, yeah. John and I was like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay, all of us in 125, you got it 125, you're going to throw in the pot for Joe to run on the field. And everyone's like, yeah, done, done. Our entire focus, our entire attention becomes how do we convince that man right there, Fu Manchu man, <laughs> to run onto the field? That is now a game within the game, okay? So we pitched the idea to Joe. We're like, Joe, okay, here's what, here's what we got. All right, we got $500. That is the first thing, okay? <laughs> and we are gonna, this is gonna be incentive-based Incentive base offer. Okay. So just to run the field, you're going to get $500. Okay. Now, if you get to the 50 yard line, okay, we'll throw in like another $500 for you. All right. Okay. There's another $500. And, and you're, and Joe's like, now wait a sec. Does that mean I got to take that money and pay it like for my bail to like get out of jail and any the legal fees. We're like, no, 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 no. It's going to be net of all that. Okay. We'll take care of legal fees. We'll take care of uh, getting you out of jail. We'll, we'll take care of this. Right. And you're like, okay. All right. So you got $500 to get on the field. And then, okay. We're like another $500. If you get to midfield. Yep. Okay. And then Todd's like, okay, Kevin, well, what if he steals the ball? What if he like takes the ball away? Like, is they're getting ready to kick off or they're getting ready to snap the ball? I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. We're like, okay, Joe, we're going to put, and, and none of us agreed to this. We're just throwing, we're just throwing out numbers, right, right? Right. No one's like, no one had decided like who we're going to pay all this, right? Because I, I mean, I have this money on me, and you had been furious if I came home like, hey, sorry, we owe Joe like fifteen hundred dollars. That's like the split of all of us four guys. I got to dish out fifteen hundred bucks, but I'm like, okay, Joe, we'll give you an, another thousand dollars if you steal the ball from, uh, you know. It during the game. Like, okay. All right. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You see that guy there? And so all the security guys have these, you know, yellow big jackets on and they're all overweight. Okay. <laughs> they're all heavy. Joe is the head track coach at high school. <laughs> this dude runs like every day. Okay. And so Todd and I are like, Joe, are you telling me you can't run that guy right there? Look <laughs> at him. He's like, he's like 300 pounds, right? You think you can't like make a move and get past him? You're like, oh yeah, that's true. I probably, I probably can't get past him. <laughs> like, and then like five minutes later, okay, Joe, here's what you're gonna do. You can run past him. You see that? There's that opening over there. That's where the players came out. You can run across the field to that opening. And so we just keep dishing it out, dishing it out. So Todd and I look at you, Joe. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like you were actually seriously considering this offer that we were making. Okay, so there was there was a point in time where the discussion was like, okay, if you steal the pylon. <laughs> Which we like you said, we were really, really close to the field. Yeah. So I could have gotten to that pylon in like ten seconds. Yes. Like it was that it was that close. Because they, the, the brick the brick wall was probably like five foot high. Yeah. Right. Yes. That you would just have to get over and you're right there. So it wasn't like yeah, easily. it was gonna be tough to get on the field. Right. So I could I know I can get to the pylon and then I'm probably getting taken out at the, after I grab the pylon, but like I know I'm getting the pylon, no doubt. And I can't remember what the, the dollar figure was, but I was like Definitely seriously considering like, <laughs> okay, just, just do it. Like go for it. The future belongs to the bold, <laughs> make it, make it happen. But the, uh, the thing that kept me back was uh, trying not to lose my uh, entire uh, career, <laughs> like being shot on tape, like stealing the pylon at the uh, Iowa high state game and like <laughs> let off the field in handcuffs or something. <laughs> so it felt like, Again, at halftime, Joe is seriously considering this. And so we got to the third quarter, and the game just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Like I said, High State's favored by, I think it was like 24 points, ended up getting blown out by close to 30. And 
Joe and my buddy Adam are like over it. And Todd and I had been conversing back and forth like, hey, when do you want to make a final pitch to Joe to see if he can really do this, right? And it came up to, I'm like, why don't we do this? Why don't we wait to the fourth quarter, okay? Because let him enjoy the game, even though this is not going very well. Let's at least let him watch the game. And if he gets arrested, he's not really missing much of the game, okay? (laughs) There's no use for him to get arrested in like the second quarter, or a third quarter, if this is like a good game, high state comes back and Todd's like, okay, that's that's a good idea. Okay, so let's let's make our pitch at the fourth quarter. Like, done. Well, we get to the end of the third quarter and high state's down, I think three touchdowns or something, uh, at least at this point. And Joe is like, I'm out of here, fellas. We're like, what? You're leaving now? You're leaving early? Like, I'm done. I can't, I can't watch any more of this. I'm disgusted. And so he and Adam just took off left he's like i'll text you wherever we uh, whatever restaurant we get to I'll, I'll text you when we get there so you can find us after the game so end up being joe did not run across the field but he was awfully darn close <laughs> to taking us up on that offer well and then you and uh todd stormed the field afterwards <laughs> kevin right. with uh with the iowa fans right that's true so yes that is very true so we we're in second row and Todd and I were talking like, listen, this is not going to be good getting out of here. Like I had, now thankfully the only thing I had on was I think an Ohio state sock hat. Todd had a high state shirt, but it was underneath his coat. And we're like, okay, if we walk out of here, as soon as this game's over, we are going to get verbally abused, absolutely abused. And I'm like, Todd, you know what? They're probably going to be rushing the field. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, I bet they will, right? This, I mean, this is a big deal, right? High State's top 10 team at the time, undefeated. I was not ranked. I'm like, I bet, I bet they do rush the field, Todd. And so towards probably four minutes left in the fourth quarter, the entire stands, I mean, they're like pushing down on the one end zone, like they're ready to go. I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? And I think Todd was like, hey, win in Rome, do what the Romans do. I'm like, you want to rush the field? He's like, heck yes, I do want to <laughs> rush the field. And so... To, to, to put this in perspective, right? Todd, at this point, I think is probably like 40 years old, and I was 37, 38. Okay, so we are middle-aged men. Okay, we take off. So I take off my sock hat, put it in my, put it in my coat pocket. Todd's like, are you ready for this? And so as soon as that clock counts down, like the gates open. And so the, the stands with the student section just open up and they start running. Todd and I hop over hop over the wall. Here we go. We are, we're trucking. (laughs) And as soon as I start running urban Meyer and two security guys run right in front of me, like right past me. Like he didn't, he didn't go across the field, shake hands. Like just like, he'll probably call him on the phone, text him. Hey, good game, whatever. He just wanted to get to the locker room. So we start taking off urban runs right past me, jogging in the locker room and Todd and I take off. And we had had, we had a plan. If we get lost in the sea of Iowa students and fans meet out at the uh, the statue in front of the stadium. Done. So we took off running, and I'm one of the first people to midfield, Joe. Like, I'm on midfield, and I'm, like, looking around, like, okay, who, like, who, like, I'm jumping around. I'm like, okay, there's nobody here yet to jump around with. Like, I've never done this before. Uh, I'm a rookie, so I'm like, I hope, like, people are going to join me here. And so then people start joining me, and then, you know, I put my hand up. We're jumping up and down, and, um, you know, kids everywhere. Kids everywhere. And so then the players are, are in the middle of us and you're like hitting them on the shoulders, hitting them on the helmets and stuff. And um, again, we're just making the best out of it. Even though we are not Iowa fans, we're just there to have fun now and rush the field. Yep. Okay. So all of a sudden you know, I'm hitting the players, hitting them, the, hit them on the helmet. And then I turn and this is probably five, good five minutes later. I turn and there's Todd right beside me. All of a sudden I'm like, Todd. And so then we like hug, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And so, like, we're high-fiving, and then both of us are, like, hitting, and then I look at Todd. Todd's taking selfies with the players and stuff, and so you look you look at the, the, the pictures that he took, and, like, the players are, like, looking out of their helmet, like, their, fa- their helmet's still on, and they're, like, looking to the side, like, who's this guy that's taking a picture with me? What are these two middle men, you know, middle-aged men doing I heard on the field? Like, this is just, this is weird, right? So, um, so we're jumping around. And again, we're like getting all excited. We have not experienced this pandemonium before. Todd's like, hey, you want to get my shoulders? Hey, you want to get my shoulders? Like take a picture. And I look at him and I, I don't know if he was joking. I don't know if he was serious. But I'm like, no, no, no. I, like, no, I, I'm good. I'm good. So 
the girl, there was a girl in front of us. She turns around. She's like, I'll do it. Can I get on your shoulders? And Todd's like, oh, like I, I'm sorry. Like I was talking to my buddy here. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, probably not a good idea. We're like two married men. Uh, yeah, we don't need like teenage girls on our shoulder. Now it's pro- probably not a good idea. Just it, it was just like the weirdest, most awkward situation ever, right? So end up like jumping around during their fight song or whatever they did. And then we walked out of the stadium with probably a good 10,000 fans uh, just going through uh, the underground tunnel out to the parking lot. And, uh, and so Joe had texted us and we get back to the restaurant or bar, or wherever we were at taco bar. I think what it was. And like, you are not gonna believe what just happened. And Joe's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> we're not making this stuff up. We just rushed the field. And they're like, no, you didn't like, trust me. And then Joe, like Todd whips out his pictures and there's all these <laughs> players like giving them like these looks like totally did. So it turned into a great, yeah, a great day, great trip besides high state getting absolutely blown out. Yes. But uh, yeah, th- those are the two things I really remember for the trip is trying to convince Joe to run across the field and then Todd and I to middle-aged men just, you know, rushing the field with all these teenage 20-year-old students. Oh, that's my favorite. Joe, how much? $500. And, <laughs> oh, oh t- I mean, the look on Todd's <laughs> like, oh, we can totally, we can totally do that right now. And so <laughs> we're like favorite. strategizing. We're putting our pitch together to Joe when he gets back. And yeah, unfortunately, Joe was, Joe was seriously considering it, but he was not in the mood to do it. After do it. He was like disgusted by the game. If I, if so. I would have been like 10 years younger, it, it would have been over. Like it would have yeah. happened. Like it's not even a question. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's, yeah, you had, yeah, you're like, yeah, you had me at 500 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, I guess easy money. Totally outrun those guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that's a good one to stop. Joe, uh-huh. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us again for another episode here. We love your stories and appreciate you coming on and uh, just so easy to talk to, right? Love hearing your stories and thank you for making us laugh tonight because we yes. did have an awfully rough day. It was a rough day. With children and working from home. <laughs> so thank you for uh, making us laugh, laugh, my man. No problem, man. Love you guys. Love you, Love too. you too, buddy. Bye. Right, bye. Listeners, if you like what you just saw, like what you just heard, please go to iTunes, go to YouTube, and subscribe, rate, review this podcast. That's the only way we'll be able to continue to produce this. Where else can they go, Stephanie? They can go to kevinandsteph.com. That's all I know, though. So, is that it? You crushed it. Yes, crushed it. Thank you, listeners. The story of my life, I give her I spend her love until she's broken.